0: Thank mm-hmm. you. another Tab Ramble. I'm your host Jacko. On this week's show I am joined by Sean Chappell from Ramstar Games. In the Kickstarter kick-around we take a look at Ragnarok's, Super Fancy Brawl Round 2 and Catacombs and Castles 2nd, 3rd edition, I don't know how uh, many editions it has, it confused me but you'll find all that out later. Anyway, before all that here's this week's Tab Gaming News. First up, following the successful Wilderness Battle Map Kickstarter campaign from uh, Logue Battle Maps, details of a new adventure box have emerged. There's going to be a modular laminated battle map with a 11x17 grid that fold out into this amazing magnetic box. These maps lay flat to make up a valley of peril with forests, mines, ruined castles and many other encounter areas. Each map is double-sided and aligns with the other pages, allowing the Game Master to build up a world for their own adventure. As well as the maps, the adventure box is also going to contain tokens for adversaries, monsters, scenery, terrain and buildings, such as taverns and things like that. The tokens are printed on a laminated 300gsm card and are perfect to move around during the adventure. The tokens themselves are going to be double-sided, so it's going to double up your options. The Adventure Box, Value of Peril, will be released at Easter later this year. I highly doubt that the next bit of news will come as a shock to anybody, but here we go. Fantasy Flight Games have announced that Drax will be joining the rest of the Guardians of the Galaxy in Marvel's Champions LCG. This is following on last week's announcement where they said that Gamora was on the way, it was only a matter of time before uh, Drax was joining the rest of the crew. It says, with a relentless thirst for revenge against Thanos and anybody else who stands in his way, Drax comes to the table ready to dish out as much of a beat as he takes. With high damage potential and borderline absurd durability, Drax is a valuable combatant that is right at home in the front lines against a villain. By the sounds of it, he's going to play exactly like his character is in the uh, comics and the film. Yeah, he is just there to take and give punishment. I can see him being a really good addition to anybody who likes the Marvel series. <laughs> the board gaming publishing behemoth Asmodee has announced that it has acquired the Plan B Games publishing group. In this deal, it's also going to include three other publishers, which are Next Move, Pretzel Games, and Eggerspiel, and these all are part of the Plan B umbrella. Asmodee will now also be able to add a host of great new titles to their ever-expanding catalogue including games such as the Azure series, Junkart, the Century Trilogy and Great Western Trail plus many many more. With all respect Asmodee are kind of turning into like this giant green gelatinous cube that is just slowly consuming every other publisher around. It is just turning bigger and bigger with every passing week it seems. Whether or not this is uh, great for the industry, I'm not 100% certain. As I do like to think that there are rival companies that are able to try to up the ante. The one thing I would say is that, to be fair to Asmodee, they do keep great content coming out. So, yeah, nothing to complain about so far. (laughs) The next story is kind of strange, as I've not actually been able to find any news about this absolutely anywhere i'm talking about osprey games release of an expansion for stargrave which has still not come out yet and this is called quarantine 37 now what's so strange about this is that osprey games have not made any comment about this game designer joseph a mcculloch he only made a very brief mention in his own blog but it didn't really give any details about it it just sort of like mentioned quarantine 37 and added a link which then took you to the Amazon page the only details i can find about this is actually on the various retailers so so amazon w h smiths if you're in the us the likes the target and walmart they seem to have it on their site and they're basically saying that this is available for pre-order but anyway Because it does give a bit of a description of what Quarantine 37 is about. So it says, Quarantine 37 is a supplement for Stargrave in which players lead their crews into an abandoned space station, hunting for lost technology, unique research and forgotten experiments. Compete with your opponents for these valuable resources across two competitive mini-campaigns or venture into the vast maze of corridors and laboratories alone in the Stargrave solo campaign. Also included are six new soldier types, new backgrounds and powers, terrifying additions to the bestry and a new advanced technology table packed with loot to help you on your adventures in the Ravage Galaxy. Yeah, so that is about it. It does sound really good. The fact it's including a solo campaign, I'm really excited about that. This title is available for pre-order now, like I said. It should be released on September 16th, 2021. And it's recommended retail price is £20, although most of the retailers seem to be selling it for around about the £17 mark. Okay, so today's main feature. Now, with the situation in the world, we've had to stay pretty local. um, So we've been locking ourselves down within Yorkshire. But we thought, no, we're not going to do it anymore. So we're going to break out of lockdown and we're going to the another side of the world. And we're going all the way over to Ontario, Canada. And we're going to speak to Sean Chapel of uh, Ramstar Games. Hi again, Sean. Do you OK? Yeah, doing very well. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. OK, so give us a bit of background about yourself. How did you get into gaming?
1: Well, I've always actually been into gaming. I've been, um, I've been surfing the web a lot lately, as most of us probably have. And there's been this question out there in the world, you know, um, what was your first memory of, of board games? And my memories of board games go way, way back to when I was a kid. I always got a new board game on my birthday. Almost. uh, I could always count on it. You know, that with an action figure, that was pretty much what I was going to get. Um, so I remember playing a lot of games, things like IQ 2000 and other sort of, they were, um, informational educational games for kids essentially um my parents had quite high hopes for me and always were was, they were always pushing me so i had a lot of that um i have a lot of those memories and things like that so i've always been into board games they've always been part of my life yeah but uh recently in the last couple of years we've really delved deeper into what the hobby hobby has to offer and it has been surprising us left right and center just what you can get and what can be accomplished with a board game so our uh, our interest in it and our our love of it has really grown over the last few years and we've um we've decided to develop our own it seems to,
0: at the moment that uh, board gaming is on a real boom there's uh, um they've actually been recording record figures lately um which i thought was quite surprising due to the current
1: situation in the world yeah
0: but I think what it's actually done it's led to more people being stuck at home and looking for activities that they can do
1: oh absolutely of course and I mean what better activities than than board games great I mean regardless of what style of board game you enjoy um, you know whether you enjoy competing against people or, or working with them you can find something that suits you uh, that's that's one of the things that's really struck us. As surprising is the, the diversity in, in board games and styles that you can pick and and choose from. And you can find anything that suits your suits your needs. And of course, with the lockdowns being what they are, uh, it's the perfect environment for getting right into board games, isn't it? Oh
0: yeah, it's an ideal time to do it. And again, it sort of goes back to what you are saying earlier about gaming with youngsters. We've actually done an episode on this. A lot of the board games we're finding do encompass a lot of, stuff that you would find at school so there is a lot of maths in there there is a lot of communication skills so things like that would definitely help oh yeah so anyway i want to go focus more on yourself so you've taken advantage of this situation and you've seen an opportunity to develop your
1: own gaming company so can you tell us a little bit about ramstar games please sure absolutely yeah um uh, ramstar games started about 18 months ago Uh, It is a partnership between myself, my wife, Kit Davin, and our friend, Sabrina Scalarini. That is actually our gaming group. And we decided that we we were going to make our own games. Um, One day, I I used to be a stainless steel fabricator. That was my full-time gig. And I would have a project that I'd be working on uh, in solo mode, as it were, at work. So I had a lot of free time to think. And because we were playing games uh, every Friday and getting together and talking about them and stuff, I started thinking about games and had an idea for not just one, but many. And the first one that we decided to start developing was hibernation. So while I was welding one day, I'd be, you know, sitting and doodling on my bench instead of doing my job, which I should have been doing, uh, <laughs> trying to figure out gameplay and mechanics and what it would look like. And I ended up presenting this to, uh, to Sabrina and Kit's. And uh, that was it. We, we stepped into Sabrina's studio. She's a maker. So she has every toy under the sun. We broke out her, um, her cricket mat cutting device, uh, fabricated our very first prototype for a game at that time, which I was calling swarm. And we sat down and started sort of playing it, seeing where it was going to go. Uh, And at that time, Swarm was a very simple game, uh, very Othello-esque, but with hex tiles in that, you know, you had to capture your opponent's tiles by sandwiching them and flipping them over uh, with your own. And then that kind of got flat fast, so we decided to bring in some specialty tiles in the forms of bears and flower tiles and um, pesticide tiles, etc., etc., To sort of spice up the gameplay, give it a little bit more um, robustness, a few more avenues of uh, of attack to attain your goal, and uh, from there, Hibernation hmm. was born, and we've um, we've sort of been on the um, on the train of of building Ramstar Games and getting Hibernation out to uh, to the public ever since.
0: And so I've had a look at it, and I'm very impressed because when I was younger, I um, I was bought in a fellow set. And I even remember, funny enough, my uncle where uh, he bought me an old Atari two thousand six hundred. Don't remember those? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the, the proper sort of wooden console, yeah. and it had a, a fellow on that, and I used to spend hours just playing a fellow uh, against myself and against the um, Atari. Of course. So it goes, but it's got very fond memories. But I do like the way that you've sort of given it a real twist. So by adding the hexagonal tiles to it, it you've got a lot more ways of sort of attacking but you've also like I say where you've brought in your characters your bears and things like that then
1: again it just sort of like brings it more up to date absolutely yeah and there's um something that we wanted to try to bring into it or, or it's actually these sort of things that have developed as as we've play tested and and gotten feedback on it and things like that um my original idea for it when it was called swarm was basically an othello type knockoff but then when, when we added in the specialty tiles and we saw that because they're hexagonal, you can go in more than one direction. We sort of set up a mechanic for that and a, and a, and a reward. You get to have another specialty tile if you, if you can do a multi-directional play inside the game. And of course, as the game gets bigger, there's more opportunity for that. And you know you can change your tactics and change your strategy and come at it from a different point of view and you can go completely bee tiles all the way through the game uh, sorry for anybody listening <laughs> it is is themed uh, hence the name hibernation uh, a funny story about that actually if I, if I can yeah it does. Um the game is the game is actually based on actual bee behavior and every year in the fall beehives will throw out all the drone bees they kind of once they've done their thing in the spring they kind of get a free ride through the summer Uh but when the winter hits, they need to go so that the rest of the hive can overwinter and come back strong in the spring. So while they get a free ride in the summer, they get a really raw deal in the fall, and they all get turfed out. So that's that's the actual premise of our game is is be uh, oh, never knew yeah. that yeah worker bees versus drone bees, and um, yeah it's sort of it's really developed quite interestingly as we've added in the the specialty tiles and we got feedback from. Uh, test players, you know, we sort of changed the format. We needed something that was a blocker, but our initial idea of it didn't really work very well because you could get around it fast. We had to change the mechanic a little bit to add in, you know, to make the mechanic stick, to make it concrete. And then we found another tile that we had added in, you know, the pesticide tile didn't work the same way and it didn't make a lot of sense to have it not follow the same mechanics. So we've sort of streamlined everything to make the mechanics as simple as possible, but to also give you a robust gameplay experience so that you're not stuck just doing the same thing over and over and over again.
0: Yeah. Cause you got what that replayability value
1: to it as well. Haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. And well, that's, that's another great thing that, that sort of um, has come out of this process is that as you play the game, like in Othello or in chess or in anything else, uh, as you play and as you build the options change. So, Uh, What we call, we we call it building a hive. As you build a hive on the table, because your opponent is changing your moves and changing your tiles and you're changing theirs, it's always evolving and every hive is different. So every time you come to sit down to play Hibernation, it's a different experience. And depending on who you're playing across the table, you're going to get a different opponent and a different experience for them as well. So it does have that, um, that high replayability. Re- replayability factor, excuse me, <laughs> which we're um, we're really happy. It, it sort of developed on its own that way, which is great. I didn't answer the replayability. Uh, I understand it's got three different play modes as well. Uh, yes, that's true. Um, ultimately, what we did is we came up with three different play modes so that you can have either a, a full gaming experience with the arcade game mode, which uses all of the B tiles and all of the specialty tiles you can have a quick play experience. So, you know, you've got 10 or 15 minutes on a lunch break or on on something like that and you want to play a quick game, then you can do that with a a stripped down version of the game which only uses a handful of B-tiles. And then if you really want the the original idea, I'm still a big fan of the original idea of Swarm. Uh, And the whole point of, of the original concept of the game was to actually completely defeat your opponent. So, That is played with only the B-tiles, but once they're all out on the table, you start moving them around until you can completely obliterate your opponents or they get you instead. Uh, And I'm still a big fan of that. that. That one is actually, although the mechanics in it are very simple, trying to win is very tough, especially if you've got a good opponent who knows how to make moves to take your tiles but not give you a lot of opportunity to get them back.
0: Sounds really good. So it almost seems like you've got sort of like a a quick drafts version and a longer chess version included as well. I really like the idea of getting almost three game, well, three modes in one one game. That's absolutely brilliant. I really like the idea of that. That's
1: great. Thanks, Jack. Yeah, we hope it. I mean, we hope it'll it will appeal to people depending on you know what type of gameplay that they they want, what how much time they have in the day, uh, and and things of that nature. You know, it, it's nice to give a few options. So that people, you know, can enjoy the game at any time.
0: Really good idea. Now, one of the things I really
1: did like about it was the artwork. Who's responsible for that? Oh, that's me. Um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. Um, yeah, one of the one of the things that makes Ramstar Games unique, I think, is that we can do basically everything in house. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an artist, a full-time artist. Um, I've been doing art since forever. I, I have a university degree in visual arts. So uh, on top of doing art for board games, uh, and this, of course, being our first, uh, I'm also a, a surreal artist on the side. So I have lots of uh, fine art to purchase if anybody's interested. But um, ultimately, I'm, I've been turning my, my interest to the board games. Um, and then, of course, my wife is an author, and, and a designer and a website uh, author as well. So she's got all kinds of design. Uh, I, I can do the arts, but I'm not very good at design. So my wife is much better at pulling elements in and bringing text and other things to um, to the design world so that my art and her words and her design kind of work together. Mm. And then our friend Sabrina uh, is a maker, as I'd mentioned earlier, and she has every skill under the sun you can think of. So she's good at making a cosplay costume as well as breaking out all kinds of uh, mechanical tools to fabricate whatever we need in a way of tiles or even miniatures. You know, she's got a 3d printer and so on and so forth. So we can actually fabricate our own games uh, easily and put prototypes together and put minis together and do all the artistic stuff ourselves. Uh, We're quite Lucky that way, that we don't necessarily have to reach outside of Ramstar Games to find assistance for what we're trying to achieve. At it least, sounds like you got it. Oh, sorry, go sorry, at least not until we go to manufacturer, then we're definitely gonna need some help.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like you got a blend of a perfect team there where I say you got all the ideas, the development, the art, the words, you've got it all really where it comes to the designing process. So, absolutely perfect.
1: We're pretty lucky that way, and um, when we sat down to really start thinking about Ramstar games, it struck me is that we have kind of the perfect storm to, to set ourselves up as a as a board game publisher. Uh, and at the moment, I mean, we're really only looking to, to publish our own stuff. But maybe someday down the road, if we're large enough and we can look to other projects, we might start publishing other people's work. Oh, Who knows? Oh, cool. excellent! It's it's you know this is a, the first step in our journey. I, I don't really want to get you know. What is it, star? Uh, starry eye. yeah, yet. yeah, one step at a time, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, when
0: I was talking about the artwork, just for anybody who hasn't seen it, as you, I can see what you mean about being uh, you being a surrealist because the artwork, although it's quite realistic, say for example, the worker bees they they look like bees but they're wearing hard hats and it's yeah, very easy to tell who's on what side. So, it's it's how
1: can you put it, it's not cartoony. Yeah, a long time ago, I've got really curious ideas and thoughts in my head. And I'm, I'm really good at putting uh, abstract ideas uh, into images and putting two and two together and getting five uh, in a visual mm. way. And I figured out a long time ago that if I wanted to be taken somewhat seriously, I would have to at least approach this from some perspective of realism. So I've been working really hard at trying to make my my ideas as uh, visually realistic as possible, but still keeping that, um, that sort of that surrealist bent to, to what I do to create the concepts that I'm looking for. And, um, yeah, as you say, you know, they're not cartoony, but they're, they're caricature-ish, yeah. you know, that the, um, you know, the drone bees are falling over and spilling their drinks. And one of them's face down in a puddle yeah. of honey. And, um, the other one is so bloated from eating too much that he's been, Sort of absorbed by his by his own abdomen, <laughs> and um, things of this nature. You know, it's just a bit of fun. To it, it, it it reflects our sort of our our glib sense of humor as well, which I think you're going to find reflected in any games that we come up with in, in the future. We we just sort of have that. Some games are, are very serious, uh, you know. And it, the the stuff from Fantasy Flight, if you go into the the Mansions of Madness and and Arkham Horror and all the rest of it, there's there's not very much humor in that. Uh, Side of things, very serious gaming, whereas I think ours is always going to have a little bit of, uh, you know, a a glib sense of humor or a dark sense of humor uh, in what we do. Just we think it adds to the fun.
0: Yeah, well, like I say, when I saw the artwork, I was like, oh, that is brilliant. You know, one of my favorites is uh, one of the drones who's got a cocktail. It's you know, it's it's a really good way of defining the two different sides and doing it in a, a sort of a nice abstract way. But, yeah, I, I, was a, I really did like that. That's great. Thank you. Thank you Jeff. So this is going to be coming to Kickstarter fairly soon, isn't it?
1: Yes. Uh, we have. We actually had a bit of a kerfuffle back in um, – well, oh, boy, where to begin? <laughs> Let me start over. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we are going to be bringing it to Kickstarter. Uh, we wanted to bring it to Kickstarter last year in the spring – but COVID-19 really kicked the legs out from underneath us. So all of the outreach that we had planned, most of it was physical. So we were going to conventions. We had board game cafe meetups lined up. I almost had a tournament lined up in a local town, uh, local to us. Uh, and all of that, everything uh, that we had organized was canceled or shut down, shuttered, Um Or it never happened, postponed everything uh, because of COVID-19, everything got shut down. Mm -hmm. So we actually put the project on hiatus for just a few months to see what was going to happen, to see if things would open back up and we could get back at what we were looking at. But we just kept seeing the the, the closure of our our opportunities. So we jumped back online and realized that essentially the internet was our, our only option now and we started building our Kickstarter, and we hoped to get to it in the fall of 2020. But at that time, when we presented it to a, a bunch of Facebook groups who were designed to help Kickstarters fund properly, uh, they realized, or they had they had brought to our attention some problems with uh, some of our math when it came to what we were planning to charge, and some of our shipping uh, they thought was problematic as well, and that we needed to look for other other avenues. To present a better a better price and a better better proposition to, to our Kickstarter backers, so we decided to postpone it until this spring, uh, which is uh, curious uh, and and kind of it's been tough because we do want to launch the project. We think we've got a great game that people are going to love, but we want to do it right. We don't want to bring it out too soon and have it fall flat because we haven't done the work behind the scenes. Yeah. So we finally have all of that organized, Uh, we think that we have a really decent we've got a decent manufacturer on board that being Panda Games, uh, it's the same folks that Stonemaier Games uses so we're we're happy to work with them, they're also a Canadian entity which is nice to sort of keep it uh, keep it at home even though their manufacturing is in China. and yeah, we've got our shipping organized finally through some uh, some logistics companies, and we think that we finally have the price organized well. That people will love what we, you know, what we're offering, and um, and they'll be able to, to to back it happily, you know, and know that we're we're bringing not only a great manufacturer to it, but a whole network of um, of delivery uh, options so that they can get it as well.
0: Yeah, well, I think you're doing it right way around about doing your homework, getting your research, and that way you are fully prepared. So I think backers are more reassured that way. So when they come onto it, they know that you put the hard yards in already. So, yeah, you know you're on safer ground there.
1: Absolutely, yeah. No, you know, nobody wants that, and we certainly don't want that. Um, as we're growing Ramstar Games, we really want this to be a win. We don't... Um, I I personally, I don't foresee this being a one, a one-off at all. I have at least a dozen other ideas that I think are at least worth looking at and presenting to the public. Um, and I mean, that could be a decade's worth of, of game designs right there. Uh, and my brain again, it never really stops. So I'm always coming up with new ideas and, um, yeah, we hope that hibernation, um, just to let your, 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 um, your listeners know it's coming to it's coming on April 13th we're releasing it to, to Kickstarter April 13th and when it does when it does go there we want to reassure people that it's it's worth supporting and that when it does when it does fund properly we're going to come back around with with more things we're actually already developing our second offering uh, in the background because we want to be able to bring that into uh into the Kickstarter verse uh, come the fall we are hoping to to do a couple of back-to-back kickstarters and see where that leads us
0: So it sounds very similar. Recently, we done an interview with a guy called Andy Hopwood, and he's a game designer. And he was saying that all the time he just had games that were just running around inside his head. And he always felt that he just had to get them on paper whether or not they were good or bad ideas, he would either make a note of them or a lot of them he did publish, but sometimes he would just have them on bits of scraps of paper or be logging them in books and things. So it sounds like you have a similar sort of thing where you got lots of ideas already sort of making a train, if you like.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um my brain never really stops. I'm I'm constantly being creative. I think that's one of the reasons why I wake up tired every morning. I don't think my I don't think my brain lets me actually get any rest not that that's necessarily a good thing or on, on bragging or anything like that it can be quite a pain in the butt, but, uh, yeah, I've got some, I've got lots of ideas and I've written them down. I've got two little books of big ideas as I call them. Um, and I've been logging ideas now for the last couple of years. And uh, every time I have a new one and I tell our team here at Ramstar that, you know, I've got another game idea. They, they tell me to hold back that, you know, one thing at a time, we've got one game in the pipeline. Let's get it done first. Um, but you know sort of pursuant to that idea of having lots of uh, lots of ideas, we're actually already developing our our second game. Uh, should hibernation prove as as successful as we hope it will be, yeah you know we um, we'd like to be able to follow it up with something uh, coming up in the in the fall. So uh, yeah, that ideas on top of ideas, and it, it is to, to anybody who's listening who would you know uh, is also interested in, in this sort of thing. Uh, if you do have ideas, write them down. write them down yeah put them in a notebook put them in 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 a binder and make sure you leave room for for more notes because i i often revisit ideas as as they're percolating they're always sort of on the back burner in my head doing things and when i hear something that somebody talks about a new mechanic in a new game or somebody's designed something and that i think it might be a good addition to something that i've already got yeah, in development uh, it, you know it's it's easy enough to to make a note and write down uh, something that might make the game even better,
0: yeah, well w- what Andy was saying was that uh, it's kind of he would get ideas and they might not fit exactly what he's trying to do in that game, but he might revisit it later and it might go into something else, so yeah, it seems a really good way of sort of trying to organize and give you
1: somewhere to go in the future as well, absolutely, and you never know i mean uh, it, it, if anybody's ever really i've thought about doing this before, which is to to just become an idea man. And if anybody's stuck for an idea, they can come visit me, and, and I'll I'll help them develop up an idea. Uh, you know, if they're if they're flagging a little bit with their, um, you know, they've got a, a bit of a board game designer block or something like that. I can I can help out. But so so far we're just kind of working within inside of Ramstar Games at the moment. Well,
0: it sounds like you've got some exciting things coming. So can you give us a little sneak peek of uh, what your next project's going to be?
1: Yeah, the 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 next one that we're working on right now is actually a, a card game. Uh, Hibernation is a tile game, uh, mm-hmm. straight straight up tile game with a few tokens and things like that. And we're looking at what other people have done when they when they first try designing a game and and bring it to Kickstarter. And everybody seems to find um, a, a card game as their or, or or takes the path of the card game as their first offering. And, and we've kind of gone around done done things a little backwards and gone with something a bit more. I'm not going to say it's more more complicated but just a little a, a beefier offer, offering than a card game. But we're we're taking a step back and we're going to be doing uh something that we're calling at the moment the working title is called The Dirty Dozen. And it is it is egg-themed but it's also got um sort of that uh Cthulhu cult idea coming in behind it. So it's going to have it's going to have that uh that moody edgy sense of humor that we have, but it's also going to be very um very darkly themed in the artwork that we, that we bring to it. Uh, And um, I I think people are really going to like it. It's going to be, it's one of those things that we're developing where again, there will be more than one Avenue of attack uh, to achieve the end goal. And Mm. uh, whatever type of player you are, they were, there will be some activity that you can take to get you to where you want to go. And uh, we think it's, we are actually really excited about the idea already because as we sit and develop it and build the story behind the game itself. And we find that it's a really good place to start, build the story, build the universe and then bring the the game into line with it. Um, We're coming up with more and more and more ideas and more ways to make it creative and new mechanics and different ideas. And we're, we're trying to keep it streamlined again so that it's, you know, you're not actually playing a rule book you're playing, (laughs) you're playing a game. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Well, yeah, I think people are going to be really excited with what we come out with, and I'm really going to be uh, flashing my art skills off on this one. So, oh yeah,
0: well, with the artwork on uh, with your bees is anything go by, that's definitely something to look forward to.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it should be fun. It's it it's again, it's one of those. It's going to be one of those really creative games where I can go. That something that I'm noticing with with board games is that the artwork can be as as simple and easy as you like or it can be really off the wall and and something else almost dreamscape type imagery things like mysterium are really good for that if you uh, yeah you know and all of their their imagery cards in that game are completely surreal and off the wall and i'm looking at it as a great opportunity to to flex my muscles in that way and actually do something practical with with my art and make something fun out of it
0: so, do you feel like you could possibly try like a Mysterium or Obscurio type game as
1: well? Uh, eventually, actually, we do have um, we do have ideas for. We're kind of all over the map when it comes to ideas. I just I kind of come up with a concept and we look at it, and or at least I I do anyways. Uh, I look at it and sort of say what what style of game would best reflect this idea, and we do mm. actually have some some. Uh, Larger ideas that I, th- I think might develop up into something almost like a Mansions of Madness type app-driven game uh, with large storytelling elements to it and a lot of replayability uh, with added added story elements and added um, expansion packs and all that kind of great jazz. But we're a long way away from that, I think. Uh, we really want to get our, our feet wet with the first Kickstarter and see where it goes.
0: Yeah. But at the same time, like I say, it's good to have these thoughts and these plans and like you know, you've got a good direction where you're looking to go. Sounds fantastic. Thank you. So for anybody who's interested in trying out Hibernation, am I right in thinking that you've still got print and play available and it's also available on Tabletopia as well, isn't it?
1: That's that's correct. Yeah. If if anybody wants to try it at home, um we we do ask that you come come by our website at ramstargames.com. And sign up for our newsletter. Um, you know like everybody, we don't want to spam anybody. we just want to talk to you and let you know what's going on with the game and, and where Ramstar games is going. And that comes with a with a printed play. We, we send that right out to you right to your house. Uh, sorry, right to your inbox. So if you want to try it at home, it only comes on five pieces of paper. It's easy enough to cut out. you can try it um, try it with your spouse or try it with your gaming group or try it with your kids. Uh, it is good for uh, kids, sort of ten and up, or more mature younger kids. Uh, it's just that it's that strategy element. Um, but yeah, there's that, and then there's it's also on Tabletopia. So if you're if you're tech savvy and you've got a computer that can run it properly, jump on over to Tabletopia, find Hibernation on there, and uh, and give it a shot. Invite a friend, uh, or play a complete stranger if you like, and and try it out uh, in the virtual world. And uh, see if you like it. Who knows? Uh, It might be the sort of game that you're really looking for. Uh, We're also hoping to have it on Tabletop Simulator by the end of this week. So if that's your preferred platform, it'll be there too. Well,
0: there you go, guys. So for me, this is one I'm definitely looking forward to trying. Like I said, I was a big fan of uh, Othello. If you're crossing that with Hive, I think you're on to an absolute winner. Just to say that again, so this is going to be on Kickstarter on April the 13th. So, I think it's well worthwhile trying out, guys. I'd like to say a massive thank you to Sean for joining us and uh, make sure you take care of yourself and stay happy and healthy,
1: please, mate. It's great. Thanks for having me on, Jack. It's been great.
0: It's time for the Kickstarter kick around. first game I'm going to talk about this week is one that I really had a bit of a conundrum about whether or not I was going to add it onto the list. I'll come on to the dilemma I had a little bit later. The kickstart I want to talk about is called Catacombs and Castles, 2nd edition. The idea behind the game is that you're a band of your typical fantasy heroes that are fighting your way through the castles and the dungeons, trying to find the treasure, a story that's been told a thousand times. In a brilliant twist though, this is a dexterity game where each of the characters and the monsters are actually discs that you flick and you'll be able to get different weapons. So say for example you're an archer, you might get a little disc that acts as an arrow that you put by a side and you flick it. If it hits one of the opposition characters, then you'll do them some damage. It's a really good twist of gameplay put into a classic theme. The component quality on this looks absolutely brilliant, it's played on nice neoprene mats that can be flipped over to give you different dungeons a different uh, scenery that you're fighting in. This looks so much good fun to play. The video as well is one of the best I've seen where you've got this young girl when she's actually playing the part of this archer and You've got the monsters and that, and then the light comes on, it's just a family playing around the table. It, it is. Everything about this just ticks all the boxes for me. I, I can imagine a lot of families having a lot of good fun with this game. So, you might be wondering, well, where's your conundrum? My conundrum comes into the fact that I don't quite understand how they're having 2nd edition and 3rd edition coming out at the same time. So, you could actually buy the Catacombs and Castle second edition, or you can buy the Catacombs third edition. And you're probably thinking, well, why would I bother getting the second edition of this? It's just very confusing. I'd almost rather these run as two separate Kickstarters. There seems to be so many different pledge levels, the way you can get different content. I, I it's, it's very hard to know just exactly what you want and what you need it's very strange. What I would say is the, the game looks fantastic and it is something that I'm really keen on trying and I think it will be absolutely brilliant. I can imagine this being fantastic with just a group of friends. It's going to be brilliant with the family. But it's just like, what do I want and what do I need? It's, yeah, I'm not so sure. If I had to run is two separate Kickstarters, I would have been a lot happier. Um, but that being said, like the game to me does look great. What I will mention, I will just mention a couple of different pledge levels. So, oh my goodness. So so there's an upgrade to castle second edition. So if you've already got the original catacombs and castles, then you'll want this to bring up to second edition. That'll set you back 29 pounds. There's a black box expansion, which requires third edition. That's available for 34 pounds. You could get the second edition just standard edition for 37 pounds which is probably where i'll be looking to get i think see uh, and, and this is another one that confuses me so it says that you can get a castle second edition and the black box so you'll get the second edition and but it also said that you needed the third edition to play the black box. I, ah, I, maybe it's just me being silly, guys, and maybe uh, if you have a look, you'll be able to make a lot more sense. Despite all my confusion, it has funded, uh, which is not surprising because, as I said, it does look a very good game. Maybe it's just me being stupid. It's funded nicely. There's still two weeks to go on this one, and this campaign's not due to finish until Thursday, April the 1st. Yeah, maybe they set a date to make me look a fool, because I certainly feel like one at the moment. But like I say, the game looks great. Hopefully you can make more sense of it, and so hopefully there's something there that you'll like. <laughs> the next campaign isn't half as complicated as that. We're going back with a company that I really like called Mythic Games. They are bringing out a super fancy brawl round two. The first Fantasy Brawl went down really well, so in this game you will be selecting three heroes that are going to be coming from random periods of time, they could be from strange clans, they could be from fantasy world, but anyway you are selecting three of these heroes to take on your opponents three heroes. In this game you're battling on a hexagonal grid battle arena, trying to gain advantage by being in the best possible position. The miniatures in it look absolutely outstanding, the card quality is really good, it comes with a neoprene battle mat and it has received some really good praise. It's a nice quick game as well, which really soothes the uh, theme. Funding has gone incredibly well for this, it's fast approaching £300,000 when it was only after £36,000. The pledge levels on this are fairly simple, even I can understand these ones. So if you want just the upgrade from the original to this level, then that's going to set you about £36. With that, you'll be able to get the Hot Trick expansion, the Radiant Authority expansion, the Metal Might expansion, and the upgraded Rulebook. If you're brand new to this game, then you might want to get the Super Fan Pledge, which will set you about £47. This includes the Core Box, the Art of War expansion, the Circle of Blood expansion, plus the Statues Terrain Pack. If you want absolutely everything, there's a mega fan pledge, and that is for £122. There is only a few days to go on this one, this is going to be finishing on Friday, March 19th. <laughs> the last Kickstarter I want to take a look at this week is Ragnarok's by Grey Fox Games. This is from the designer Gorn Hamilton, who'd done the brilliant Santorini. Funny enough, before I saw that it was from the same designer, when I saw the game, I did actually think, oh, this is a bit like Santorini, uh, which is no bad thing, because I think it's a great game. The game rules itself are very simple. Each player will have three Vikings. You select one of these Vikings to move on the hex grid. Then you'll place a runestone that's in line with your Viking that you've just placed. You're looking to try to create a large boulder that contains the most hexes. For each hex that contains, with only your character in, will score you a point. Whoever has the most points at the end wins. The game rules are ridiculously simple as I said, but this doesn't mean it's an easy game to win. As it's the sort of game I'm sure you'll develop tactics over time and you'll be able to try and outwit your opponent. The game plays for 1-2 players, I'm not too sure how the solo works, but it'll be interesting to see. Should take about 20 minutes to play and is recommended for ages 12 plus. Although, if it's anything, again like Sansorini, that age will probably come right down because I could imagine the basic game be very simple to play. The game also comes with a load of mythological characters that you'll be able to play. Each of these characters is based in ancient Nordic legend. And this will enable the game to have a real asymmetric feel, much like the gods did in Santorini. It also has quite a few similarities with Hey That's My Fish, another popular game. Once again, it comes with a totally pointless plinth that the board actually sits on, but it does make it look good. The cutesy artwork once again is stunning, as are the little Viking miniatures. It absolutely smashes target goal of £14,000, is currently sat on £120,000. Unfortunately, I've not given you much notice on this one, as funding is due to finish tomorrow on March 17th. If you'd like, to grab yourself a copy of this. This is nice and simple, and it'll just set you back £33. Uh. There we go, guys. That's another show. Hope you've enjoyed it. Like I say, a big thank you for Sean Chappell for joining us all the way from over in Canada. If you've got any comments on today's show, then please drop me an email at tabletopramble at gmail.com or alternatively, chat to us over on our Discord channel. All the show notes from today's episode, as usual, can be found over on our website, which is tabletopramble.com. Until next week, stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll speak to you then.